When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast presented by Bet365. We are part of the Action Network. It is officially NFL acquisition season. That's because it is NFL Combine Week in Indianapolis. D-linemen and linebackers working out Thursday, DBs and tight ends on Friday. The marquee positions Saturday afternoon, that's quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers. And then for the true football freaks, the hardcores, O-linemen working out Sunday, watch all the workouts, NFL Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network, and we are going to get all the NFL goodness today with my co-host, my BFF, my companion, my compadre, professional better, Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon. Happy Combine Week, Chad. Brother, I mentioned the combine. You mentioned the combine. We love the combine. Uh, we need to give a shout out to a very special someone. Many, many moons ago, 30 years ago, when I started my career out of college at Sports Illustrated, I covered my first combine. And normally my job, Simon, was fact checking the NFL insider column for Peter King. And for those who don't know who Peter King is. What a job. That was a great, it was a great job. Like I literally got out of college, got a job at Sports Illustrated. It was late summer and they assigned me to fact check Peter King. Who, (laughs) If you don't know, like Peter King was Adam Schefter and Woj rolled into one for the NFL and Sports Illustrated in the mid nineties was bigger than anything, right? ESPN was big, but didn't do what SI was doing. There was no internet that people were competing with. It was Sports Illustrated. It was Peter King's NFL column. He had a Monday night football gig and I was his fact checker and right out of college. It was amazing. And he is the sweetest, kindest, most thoughtful, gracious, encouraging, supportive mentor anybody could have. And and anybody would say that. Uh, he loved the combine so much. He was so ahead of everyone on how to cover it, recognizing the value of the all-inclusive NFL experience. He couldn't go. So he sent me and he looks at me and he goes, Chad, he's got a really distinct way of speaking. I'm not going to try to imitate it. Chad, you are going to love it. GMs are going to whisper sweet nothings in your ear over drinks. And the way he described it, it was so romantic. It was like, if you can't get into covering the NFL after hearing Peter King talk to you about covering the NFL, then you're not meant for this business. And I mentioned Peter King because he announced his retirement yesterday. You know, for years he was at Sports Illustrated. He started the Monday morning quarterback section at Sports Illustrated based on his brilliant column, Monday morning quarterback. He then took it to NBC, did football morning in America, the column on NBCSports.com was on 
Football Night in America for so long. He has officially announced his retirement after 40 years of covering the NFL. So uh, we will raise our glass to Peter King, my first boss, a Hall of Famer who helped pioneer modern day NFL coverage. Did you know that? Did you know who Peter King was and his sort of import? I didn't know your connection to him. I mean, Chad, every any name you can drop, I'm shocked when you don't drop it earlier. So knowing that, I never, never knew that you worked for Peter King is pretty amazing. For me, he's, I guess he is a hero. He's someone I've read since I was very young, and I'm with Chad. Like, I, I just, every Monday morning, whether my team would win or lose, I'd read Peter's column. And, you know, as I've gotten older, um, I've seen Peter through a different light, especially now getting in media. I'm happy Peter kept doing it because I know, I mean, I'm sure you know this behind closed doors. I've heard he he doesn't like sports betting. He's not a fan of sports betting. He doesn't like how much it's in, in, intertwined with football nowadays. So I hope he keeps doing some type of work with football because I love his view, his viewpoint on stuff. It's just, he just takes me back to a different time, right? He's just from a different era. He's a different type of writer. So it's a sad day. It's sad. It's sad when you lose someone like this, but I think he's like like a lot of these guys who take a year off, maybe they get the itch again. It, I mean, I don't know if you read his last piece, but it seemed like he just yeah. lost that itch. I hope he just takes a little break and he comes back just because football is better when Peter King is involved in it. So look, you're right about all of it. It is. And it, the most impressive thing is Peter is one of those guys who sources loved, not because he was trying to kiss their ass. He was a good guy. <laughs> who was unbelievably fair. He would report what he knew. He would be fair about letting you comment. He would be fair about letting you know when it was coming. He knew everybody, knew everything, worked harder than everybody and treated everybody with kindness. Like just a class act all the way. And I'm glad you I'm glad you appreciate it and recognize it. Peter King actually, you know, back in New York, you had to when you would buy an apartment it was often in a co-op, like in a co-op building, right? In co-op buildings, you'd have to get interviewed by the co-op board and to decide if they were going to let you move in and you needed reference letters. And when my wife and I bought our first apartment in a co-op in New York, Peter King wrote me the reference letter. Good guy. Just a good guy. Good guy. All the way around. One of the best. One of the best to ever do it. You're out of your effing mind. So I'll tell you, I'm not saying I'm going necessarily on red alert, but I'm damn excited. And if we had a two-hour podcast, I'd give you a full segment on high alert. As a reminder, the Favorites podcast is presented by Bet365. Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. That's why you get more boost with them than with anyone else. Every day, they power out the odds on hundreds of bets to give you a chance to win more. Bet365 boosts specific markets, your winnings, and even parlays. And they don't stop there. Keep an eye out for their biggest and best odds with the incredible Super Boost. Check out the boost and see why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 21 or older and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, or 18 and older in Kentucky. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms, conditions, restrictions apply. So, Simon, as I said, it's the beginning of acquisition season. We got the combine, then we got free agency, then we got the run to the draft. But this week, the big news was announcing the new salary cap. The new salary cap in the NFL is $255 million, higher than it's ever been, $31 million more per team. So I want to play a little game. I want to play a little game of, uh, and things we're going to talk about today, teams with salary cap space, quarterback rankings for the draft, um, 
what in the world is happening in New England, I want to start with who do you trust versus who is closest? And what I mean by that is if you look at the teams with the most salary cap space, commanders, 79 million, massive needs a quarterback and offensive line. Titans, Bears, Pats, 78 million, all have needs. We're talking about the Bears, the Pats, and the Commanders. We're talking about the teams with the top three picks. And then lurking down at the bottom, and I'm going to want to talk about this, behind the Titans, Colts, 72 million, Texans, 67 million. So taking the AFC South out of it for a second, who do we trust? Who is closest? With the combination of cap money and high picks, who do we trust the most right now between the Bears, the Commanders, and the Patriots? I mean, none of them but the Bears, I suppose, if that's my choices. Um, the the Patriots, we have no idea what their future is about to be like. Like They are truly stepping into the unknown for the first time in well over 20 years, and um, it could be disastrous, right? Like the whole the whole Patriots scenario could be a nightmare. Um, same goes for Washington and the new ownership they have, right? We have no idea if this new ownership is going to be good. They're putting the right people in place. Um, you know, both these teams, I mean, the Patriots are a little easier, right? The Patriots aren't forced to make a decision where Washington is. There's a big decision for them to make between Daniels and May. So um, the, the way it's laid out is the Bears are – it feels like ahead of all both those teams easily right now where the bears have some talent. You guys have some people to build around at least um, this draft. If it breaks, right. And if your GM's aggressive, you could walk away with the number one quarterback and another number one receiver. Like this is these top three receivers are really impressive. So, um, you know, most people can go out there and look at these mocks. No, none of these mocks have any of these guys falling to you, Chad, at, at that pick at nine. So, to me, the Bears, if they want what Miami's done, what the Eagles did, which is you go out, you get a number one receiver, and then in the draft, you go get yourself a Waddle, go get yourself Devontae Smith, you attack that second receiver position, I think the Bears could do it. I know, I know I've know, i heard a couple of Bears fans talk about trying to go offensive line, but um, these three guys are such unique talents. Either, either one of these receivers you can get if you could. It, I think it is the move for them to try to move up somehow and get one. So with the Bears and all that money, they can address the offensive line and these other key positions. There's really not the projected out wide receiver type right now in free agency. Like there's no one for them to go out there and really put a lot of money into that'd be worth doing where taking one of these kids in the top 10 would be worth doing at wide receiver position. So um, yeah, the bears right now, I feel like they're leaps and bounds ahead of both these teams just because they have this pick because of a trade, Chad. So yeah, the GM has already proven he he knows what he's doing right now. He's he's pretty savvy. So um, I will I will let him keep making these picks. Saw him interview today. He said all the right things about Justin Fields protecting Justin Fields. Not not even telling people yet if they're going to trade him, even though we all know he is. Um, I think they're going about it the right way right now. This this Bears Day organization. They did say they won't use the franchise tag on a quarterback. Uh, they also said today they don't want to use the franchise tag on Jalen Johnson. They're a Pro Bowl cornerback who really came on strong in the second half of the year once the Bears had Montez Sweat to lock down the pass rush and the edge rushing situation defensively. Um, 
Bears currently 40 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Pats and Commanders, reflective of their status, 135 to 1, each of them, to win the Super Bowl. New England Honestly, all of a sudden. That's what the Bears should be, though. Like, I mean, I guess those odds are just because they have fields on the team right now, but we talk, and the history of the NFL, a rookie quarterback has never won a, a, a championship game um, in the AFC or the NFC. So it's just fool's errand to bet a rookie to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, like we were – I know, we were all over the Bears last year. And by the way, we were on the Bears last year when it started at 100-1 to 1 and got down to 61. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, it's 40-1. to 1. Why? Because they're drafting Caleb Williams? Because they got $78 million in cap space? Like, let's be realistic here. They're still – they'd have to come out of a division that includes the Packers, who were better, the Lions, who are better, Minnesota, who could be better if they get their quarterback situation settled. Great division, the NFC North. But that line, that line is in case Justin Fields stays. Because if he stays – Yes, different conversation. And you can trade down, they do take a Marvin Harris type and then take an offensive lineman or whatever the next pick. That's a big deal. But, again, we all know that would be very stupid if they actually did that move. So I do not think the Bears will be making that kind of move. Yeah, I don't think so either. New England is so interesting. One of the most hated teams – in all of sports, uh, what's happening, like, Kraft feels very petty about the way he's managing this Belichick situation and also feels like he's making everybody audition, right? Mayo, Gerard Mayo, the coach, Elliot Wolf, who's not the GM but is calling the shots, son of legendary GM, Ron Wolf, they have historically been terrible at drafting. They have no quarterback. They have no offensive line. What do we make of this team right now? It feels like the end of a 20-year run of just ego and ton of winning. And I think of all fans that would know what this is going to be like, what their future is about to be like, it's Chicago Bears, uh, uh, Chicago Bulls fans, right? The Chicago Bulls and the Patriots similarity are so strong in so many ways. Um, it's crazy. And it feels like they're about to go through it and Kraft's about to go through it of they're back to the real world. They're back to being, um, you know, just a team that no no one's going to have faith in this team, right? This is a bunch of unknown head coach, an unknown GM. Um, they have a ton of money. I've seen some mocks where they have them trade now, not taking a quarterback. I, I really think that'd be really dumb. I think they just need to take it. I, I love these prospects. Um, you know, Drake man has his weaknesses and his strengths. I mean, we haven't talked about Daniels yet, but um, I love Jaden Daniels. So um, to me, either quarterback falls to them. The Patriots just take one there. And the spending the money part's going to be really tough because they are years away, especially in that division where – there is no real Band-Aid fix they can do to really get this team um, better. Like you said, they haven't drafted well in a couple of years. I mean, last year's draft was pretty good, honestly, for um, them. So, yeah, Chad, it, it's 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 tough to project this team out, but say they do take a rookie quarterback here, or say they do for some reason trade back and take J.J. McCarthy um, mid-round of the first round. That means they've taken a rookie in a division with Aaron Rodgers, Tua, and Josh Allen. So it's it's just going to be really dark now, really tough for this Patriots team for the next couple of years. And um, they're a team I 
if they if they do stay where they're at and take one of these rookie QBs, that to me is the right move. But if they trade down and take JJ McCarthy, I won't give them crap for that either, just because they do need a bunch of picks to really fill out this team. So um, yeah, they're they're years away from being relevant. This Patriots team. What an interesting analogy, which I have not heard anybody make, which is the New England Patriots are the 1998 version of the Chicago Bulls. Um, ownership decided they wanted to go in a new direction. They had the pieces there, but egos got in the way between Phil Jackson and Jerry Krause and Reinsdorf kind of didn't do anything to stop it. In this case, it's Belichick and Kraft. So... Um, and they had something so beautiful for so long. And you're right. They are all of a sudden going to see what it's like to really just be another franchise that is struggling for a very long time to find the right pieces. And the, the Bulls, look, it's been 26 years. The Bulls still haven't gotten there. And so if that's the kind of run the Patriots might be in for, they're going to rue the day that they decided we had to rush to get rid of Tom Brady and rush to get rid of Bill Belichick. Um, fascinating analogy. I like it. Yeah, and just the whole thing about them, like you said, pushing them out because they they deem them as past due. And, you know, Jordan talked about how much that hurt him, where it's like they should have let them go for number seven. They, they shouldn't have pushed him out and those guys. They'd earned that right. And... Phil had earned that right to stay. And it felt like at the end of the day, I don't know if you watch this Patriots documentary, but um, Dynasty, it does feel like eventually the ego got the best of all of them. And um, it's going to be interesting how it is now just because it's still clear there with Kraft that he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room because he is putting an unknown GM in a power position and an unknown head coach in a power position. So um, interesting days ahead for this Patriots organization. So let's talk about the AFC South for a second, which historically you and I have bashed consistently <laughs> as the the division with teams nobody cares about except for the very small region in which they play. All of a sudden, though, the Colts have 72 million, the Texans have 67 million, uh, the Colts have Anthony Richardson, the uh, I'm sorry, the Titans have 72 million. No, no, the Colts have 72, the Texans have 67, the Titans have 78. We like Anthony Richardson. We like C.J. Stroud. Jury's out on Will Levis. But this is all of a sudden a division with those three teams in the Jags that gets very fascinating. And the Titans, to me, we talked about this last week. Bill Callahan might be the most important signing for that team, forgetting about any players they bring because of a history of building really strong offensive lines. And... That offensive line last year, I can't tell you how many times in my notes I wrote down, I'm worried Ryan Tannehill might get killed <laughs> because that offensive line was so, so bad. So all of a sudden, if he makes that offensive line better and Will Levis feels a little bit more confident and he's not just using his arm and throwing off his back foot, is that team suddenly competitive? We've got a fascinating dynamic with all four of these teams right now give me your take on the titans potential especially in that division yeah it's exciting but like you said i feel like they're the furthest back right i have the colts above them obviously i have houston way ahead of them and um the jaguars are kind of the same place where 
Um, yeah, if you're if you're a Tennessee fan, you should be happy that you got a great offensive line coach. Now it's all about bringing the pieces in, drafting right, and then building around Will Levis. Like you said, I don't know what he is either. Like this kid has a great arm. I don't know if he's great at reading defenses. I don't know how smart he is. So um, yeah, big big deal for this team. Um, you know, they're gonna have a great offensive line and fall to them in the first round. Like they could take one of the top ten easily. Um, and just get it started or go attack the wide receiver position. I already talked about it. there's three great receivers in this draft. Go get one if you're Tennessee and give Will Levis a, a, a weapon to use on the outside. So, um, yeah, just looking at their draft and how they project out, I just have them far behind because there are so many holes to fill. I mean, what was it, three years ago, I believe, or two years ago, they were the one seed in the AFC. So um, a lot of those guys had either aged out or moved on they're a shell of that former team. Like they've just really lost all the talent. So um, I don't see it being a quick turnaround for Tennessee. I think it's going to be a couple of years where Houston, we talked about last year, they're way ahead of schedule. So the fact that Houston has all that money, they could go spend it on dumb things if they want. And I don't think it's going to hurt them. Like I've seen a couple of news reports, them going after Saquon Barkley. It's stupid, but for them, it's not. Cause it's like, why would you not go get Saquon Barkley? He's a great player. Why would a team not want to add him to their team, especially Houston? They don't really need it, though. Like, it's not – I mean, we talk all the time. These running backs don't really make or break these teams historically. You can find other guys to to build around. So, yeah, my hope is Houston just spends it on the defensive front and maybe keeps adding to that offensive line. Because, um, like you said, that's so much money for a team that has the best player, their quarterback, on a rookie deal. And we talk all the time. That's the window for a lot of these teams. So, um yeah, it's it's bad though. Like even when we're talking about this right now, if you're the Jaguars, you know, they they might be in a really tough division for the next couple of years, Chad. Yeah. Like they all of a sudden they were feeling good, right? They had Trevor Lawrence, everyone else in their division had old or no really good quarterbacks at their quarterback position. Now, like you just said it, a year later, every team kind of has some hope and something to look forward to. So yeah, big, big season for obviously Anthony Richardson, Will Levis to figure out they are, but Trevor Lawrence obviously has the biggest target on his back. He did not he did not play well enough down the stretch last year, and I know it's because of injury, but, um, yeah, losing the division, all of it, um, he's got a lot to answer this upcoming season. So definitely most pressure team in this division has to be the Jaguars. Well, you just made a good point about the money, right? They both have $67 million. Crazy. They're both their, – their biggest needs, both of them, are in the defensive backfield. Uh if you're the Colts, if you're the Texans, how do you not back up a truck for Kansas City Chiefs cornerback Legereus Sneed? Who's gonna get tagged? I guarantee it'll be franchise tag. They got to talk to some really smart people that work for the Chiefs, and they're like, "We'll, we'll make him an offer. He doesn't take it. We're just gonna tag him. There's no way he'll walk away from trying to three peat." So I'm with you though. If they don't, that's your your spot on, Chad. It's a great read. That's the first call I'd make. Yeah. Like the guy is locked down, confident, who just makes big play after big play and is so smart on the ball. He changes the dynamic for you in the defensive backfield. Think about how good, you know, I think the jury is still out on Derek Stingley Jr. He did have five picks last year, but, you know, I think when you're getting thrown on a lot, it's, it's easier to pick the ball off. And so is he good? Is he just getting taken advantage of? And he happens to be a, like have good enough ball skills to get there. But um, 
you get Legereus Sneed on that team, all of a sudden you've got like legit edge rush, legit quarterback, legit cornerback who is locking people down. That team all of a sudden has a window that is wide open for four years. They got to they get a they get a great defensive back. That's a that's a tough team. Yeah, and I think again they're going to break the model because to me they're a team that ex- I expect them to get smacked next year. They got a first place schedule, which means they got to go play the Bills, they got to go play the Chiefs, they got to go play the Ravens. That's really tough. But like you just said, they're the rare team that they got the money they can maybe make it make manage it where they can add the players um, and they can still be a great team. It's just going to be really tough with that first place schedule. Uh, you mentioned um, the Patriots potentially moving down, getting McCarthy. Do they take Drake May? Um, a lot of conversation about Marvin Harrison Jr., who's not going to be uh, running at the at Pro Day. Um What are you hearing right now? This is this is the window. Let me rephrase. This is the window where all the speculation begins, where all of the rationale of all the quarterback conversations we've had for the past few years, you know, whether it was, um, uh, oh my God, I just forgot his name. The kid from Alabama who's already washed out in New England. Oh, Mac, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, right? Mac Jones going number three. We're like, that makes no sense. He's not going to (laughs) go number three or last year when the Panthers decide they're taking Bryce young. And we're like, this makes no sense. It's not peewee football, but what happens is people all of a sudden get more and more excited about raw talent that they see out of pads and they forget what they're seeing on film. JJ McCarthy, Jaden Daniels, Drake may. From what you've seen so far, what you're hearing so far, how do you think this lands? I'll start by saying this. I love this class because all these guys have played a ton. There's a ton of film in all these guys where last year didn't really have that, especially with Anthony Richardson. Um, It's nice when you get guys who play a ton of football. And it's shocking. I went into this thinking Drake May was going to be my slam dunk number two. I loved him. Coming into last season, I thought he played pretty well for not that great of a team, but – yeah, this this Jaden Daniels kid, he's just special. Like, there's something about him, especially seeing that he improved so much these these last two seasons, where clearly he can be coached, and that's a big deal in football that people can be coached. And um, Drake May is the better prospect right now, so I would not be shocked to see him go number two at Washington. But I think people are going to see more and more mocks and more people after this combine week talking about Jaden Daniels being the number two pick and. It stinks. The books are already kind of ahead of it. Like I've been looking around, Chad. I think plus one fifty is the best thing I could find for him going to Washington. The Jaden Daniels pick, which is still good, but um, I thought it'd be a little better just because the Drake May hype was so insane all season. Um, you know, looking at the future of the NFL, we've seen a shift. We've seen a shift that they want to get quarterbacks that can use their feet as a weapon. And if you're a team in Washington that has a horrible offensive line. Do you want to get the Herbert type, which what Drake, that's exactly what Drake May is. 
I don't know if I do. Like, it, it, I know it's kind of lazy because he went to LSU. Um, but Daniels reminds me of Joe Burrow. The way he moves and all that is obviously different because he's such an athletic runner. But um, right now, Daniels' biggest weakness, which is not like Joe Burrow, is he's not great at being in the pocket and having pocket awareness. So um, there are some red flags, obviously, with him. But um, it's a big decision that Washington has to make here because – I just feel like one of these two are, are going to work out. Like both of them have really good upside. If they get the right coaching, I could see Drake work out. I could see Daniels work out. Like they both are incredible prospects. Um, you know, Drake may people talked about, he would probably be the number one pick, right? If, if there was no Williams, I don't know. I think Daniels played well enough these last two years where he, 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 could, he put himself in that position. So, um, it's interesting. He's not thrown at the combine. Daniel's already said he's not going to. He's going to wait for his pro day. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe in his mind, the information he's getting is telling him he doesn't need to. Um, you know, he mentioned his name. I just I don't want to jump around too much. But Marvin Harris uh, Jr. He passed on having an agent. I believe Williams did as well. So um, it's interesting where the combine is a big deal in the football world. Like. A lot of trades, a lot of stuff happens this weekend. Like, I think Fields, if he is traded, I think he'll be traded um, at this combine. Like, they'll set up a trade in place, and that's when the deal will get done. So, yeah, um, this this QB class is incredible. Uh, but J.J. McCarthy, again, we can talk about it more as we go along here. I really wanted to focus on the other two guys because I do think they're the fight for the number two pick. I don't think J.J., even if he had an incredible combine, I don't know if he can move ahead of those two just because we have so many of their throws on tape. JJ did not throw the ball enough in Harbaugh's offense. He just didn't. They were just were not that type of team. So uh, that that hurts him, honestly. Like he he could be a better prospect than both of them. I just have so many more throws on film of those guys, and I know exactly what they are. Like I really do. Where um, that's rare coming out. A lot of these guys coming out because of COVID. They all played three, four years. So I have a lot of film on a lot of these guys, which is rare for coming out of college drafts. Uh, Todd McShay tweeted uh, either yesterday or today that he has two takeaways from his convos with teams in the past week. Uh, one, so much more love for Jaden Daniels amongst teams than in the media. And this is when it's acquisition uh, yeah. season. It's also crazy season, right? <laughs> Where everybody starts falling in love and we all do it. You fall in love with games. You fall in love with teams. You think you're seeing something that nobody else can see. You blind to all the negatives for whatever. But I could easily see Jaden Daniels going number two as more and more. Look, we saw it last year with Anthony Richardson, right? Anthony Richardson hype. And you were ahead of this. Anthony Richardson hype built, 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 built. All of a sudden, this guy who had started basically one season in Florida became a top five pick. Out of nowhere. Jaden Daniels obviously is not coming out of nowhere, but the consensus has been Caleb Williams and Drake May. Jaden Daniels at number two at plus 150. Take a piece of it. That's yeah, I bet it's like, I'm right there with you where I bet it where um, we'll see, right? There's always, there's always going to be a shift where after the combine or after their pro day, we'll really kind of know, right? That's when the numbers really start shifting. But if you like, I feel like you're saying what exactly what I'm thinking here. It's like, you know, I don't think they're that far apart as the media is making them out to me. I could easily see Daniels being minus 150 this this time next week. So, um, like you said, I'm just trying to get ahead of it. I obviously can't get that much money down on it, but 
Happy to grab the plus 125, plus 150 if you can find it. Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network, says the commander should take Drake May number two. Merrill Hodge, who famously said he wouldn't even take Johnny Manziel, I think in the first couple of rounds, uh, says he wouldn't take Drake May in the first round. So that's where we are at this that, point. That's aggressive. No draft evaluation. And, and, and Joe Klatt, who I really respect, um, he is very high on Drake May. And um, he he talked about it, there being a big gap between him and Daniels. And I just have not seen it when I've broken down the film where it's like Daniels clearly gets better when he has good coaching. And that's what happened this past season. He took a big step. So, um, yeah, this, just for me, I think he's a better fit for Washington because of their offensive line struggles. That I think he would have a better time stepping in. Where Drake May, I could just see him getting eaten alive in the NFC East, not being able to move around. I mean, he does have wheels, but I've seen nothing close to Daniels. Jaden Daniels, number two, plus 150. Simon, can you name the fastest growing ticketing app in the United States? Game time. That's right. It's game time. I love game time for two reasons. First, they still sponsor this show. Second, I actually use game time all the time. They have last amazing last minute deals for pro and college sports. Speaking of which, I'm using the game time app right now from my house here in Connecticut. And guess what? I can get in to see the New York Knickerbockers tonight for less than a hundred dollars at Madison Square Garden. That's right. No matter where you live, download the Game Time app. Get out, have some fun this week. You deserve it. You can redeem code favorites for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, just download the Game Time app and use code favorites for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices. Guaranteed. All right. Franchise tagging, not tagging has begun. No franchise tags for a bevy of running backs. Saquon, no franchise tag. Josh Jacobs, no franchise tag. Tony Pollard, no franchise tag. Austin Eckler, no franchise tag. Derrick Henry, no franchise tag. The franchise tag that does make some noise. T. Higgins getting franchise tagged by Cincy. I'll make a statement right now, Simon. Cincinnati Bengals consensus 14, 15 to one to win the Super Bowl. The Cincinnati Bengals are the biggest threat to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC and to their dominance and to their chance to three-peat in 2024. Love it. Love it at that number as well. So um, we talked about it last week. They're just, this is this is the season for them. Everything, everything is lined up perfectly for them. They have... The last place schedule, they have all the players still as if, you know, Joe Burrow hasn't been paid yet. Now they just got a 30 million bump in the caps. It's just, it's all lined up for this Bengals team. And we believe, you know, even last year when they had a backup, they still finished with a winning record. Like clearly they have good coaching. And despite tons of injuries, like you said, to the defensive side, they still had a winning record. So it's clearly a team that plays hard, knows how to be coached upright. And, um, you know, the fact that, we're getting them at a little bit of a discount, it feels like, right? If Joe didn't get yeah. hurt and if he won a playoff game, what would they be? Nine to one, 10 to one. So it feels like we're getting an extra plus 500 here just because Joe's coming off an injury, which, you know, he says he's good to go right now. Like he's been working out full bore. So um, he clearly bounced back from that injury, didn't take him the whole offseason. Yeah, it kind of doesn't make sense to me. We're looking at the Chiefs, obviously, right behind the Niners. 
I'm looking at it right now, about six to one, Niners five to one, Ravens uh, nine to one, Bills 10 to one. And then the Bengals at 14 to one, 15 to one. This is the same team that a season ago, we were talking about owning Patrick Mahomes, right? And they had a defense with Lou Anarumo that is clearly knows how to match up with the Chiefs. It's the only defense that has consistently been able to match up and confound Patrick Mahomes. And Joe Burrow is the quarterback who can beat him. He does not blink in these scenarios. And they just had a down year. They all got hurt. And there's such recency bias in the NFL that you kind of forget about that. And all of a sudden, like, they're the team that's been dropping. That last place schedule thing is a big deal, a really big deal. When you're playing, when you're a team that could have won the AFC North, which is the best division of football, and all of a sudden you're playing the teams that ended up the worst in football, that's a game changer for me. They're going to be an interesting team to make a lot of futures bets on as we get closer to the year. Yeah, and it all works out as well where, um, like you said, they match up really well against this Chiefs team historically. Like since Joe's come to the league, he's played him better than any other quarterback in football and, you know, they're not scared of them. A lot of teams in that division, especially the conference, AFC, they're scared of that team. And this team is not. They have the swagger for it. So, uh, yeah, the last place schedule, chat, like you said, it's a big deal when you get to play New England and Tennessee um, rather than playing the top tier teams. But I do think their odds, chat are low, lower than they should be just because of their division. Right. Like that's such a they're in such a hard division. That's why it is what it is. But we we saw it these last couple of years. There's a reason they were the first repeat team in forever in this division. It's like they were really talented. We talked last season. You need so much luck to win divisions in football, right? Just health is the biggest one. And we saw last year. There was no. There it was all built in. You, the Bengals were a bad bet last year just because their value was so high. You're exactly right now. Now it's a nice buy low spot, just like the Rams were. Like both these teams played each other in a Super Bowl two years ago. And last year, people left the Rams for dead, which was stupid. And uh, it feels like they're doing the same here with the Bengals. So um, I'm in, I'm in complete agreement. Whenever they open up the division odds, finally, I'm definitely one of my first bets I'll make is the Bengals to win the North. I'm looking at the Bengals right now. And don't forget, they beat the Seahawks, who at that time were a team that was on the make. They beat the Rams. They beat the Bills. They beat the Niners. Like... They barely lost to the Texans in a game they should have won. They beat the Jags. They beat the Vikings. <laughs> they beat the Colts. Like, come on. No, they're a good team. And it's uh, what we always talk about. We're, we're, we're trying to buy low on teams that people just aren't looking at anymore because they're not the sexy team from last year. And that's that's what usually people do, right? They bet off what they remember happening at the end of towards last season. So... Um, yeah, and I, I I bet you by September this is probably down to twelve to one. Well, time to buy it now. Then it's not going to get it's not going to get like longer. You know, they're not no. going to go from fifteen to one to twenty one. So if you like it, you might as well buy it now. In fact, I'm going to today. It's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do. Last week we talked a little bit about it. I feel like we're doing exactly what I just said, which is. All of a sudden, we've convinced ourselves that the Cincinnati Bengals are the Jaden Daniels of the 2024 NFL season. And we're seeing something right now nobody else is seeing. We are blind to any faults. 
or any consequences. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, pros have been talking about this. I think a, a lot of pros, the first thing they look at it, what teams came in last place in their division. Like, honestly, that's one of the first things I go to when the regular season ends. It's like, how do we project out and envision these teams the next following season? Um, are we getting good value? And, you know, people remember I was way too high on the Bears, but I was equally way too high on the Rams. Like I was all in on them just because I realized they were playing a last place schedule and they had an incredible quarterback. And we talk all the time in football. If you get an easy schedule with the right quarterback, it's it really is that simple sometimes. Like it really is all about the matchups. And that's why the fourth place schedule is such a big team because you're not playing against these incredible stud quarterbacks. You're usually playing against journeymen or first or second year QBs here. So um, we talk all the time. What's the first things I look for? That, that it's it right there. I'm always looking for these teams that came in fourth that we know they have a ton of talent. They just had a bunch of injuries the year before. The Bengals jump right out. I mean, rarely do I get to bet on a team that came in fourth in the division that had a winning record. This might be the first time ever. So, um, yeah, definitely interesting. We're saying we're buying low on a 9-8 and eight team. It's almost unfair to call them a last-place team, to be I know. honest. It really is. It's, it's silly. Uh, can any of these running backs make a difference for anybody? Is there any team right now that is a good running game away, a consistent running game away from taking that next step? Yeah, like I said, Houston would be great if they got Barkley, but it's just we're not getting the the McCaffrey with you know the one of the greatest running back minds in Shanahan. Like um, it's just it's a devalued position. I I talk all the time about this that. The smartest teams who were ahead of the curve were the teams that realized how devalued the running back position was and barely put any money into the position. And those are the teams that has really worked out for over the couple, you know, 10 to 15 years. Um, so I don't know, Chad, like I'm looking at these free agents and yeah, they're all really talented, but you know, there's a couple of guys coming out of draft that are pretty good as well. And you can pay them one fifth or one one third of what these guys are going to make top market. I mean, Barkley is going to be out of this world, how much he's going to ask for. So um, yeah, if the team like Houston knows all that extra money laying around, I understand when they would go out and do it. I just, we, we just see it time and time again. It's just, there's so many talented guys out there. You really don't need to. I mean, Mosert, you know, who broke Miami's rushing touchdown record last year, you could have got him for a couple of dollars. They were trying to trade him before yeah. the season even started. So that's my issue. It's like, there are front names that all these guys have had excellent years and um, no doubt Barkley's still in his prime right now. He's still a great running back. It's just my GM mindset and how I manage money. I just would never pay him when he's looking for it. It's just not worth a 10, 18, but for any team, he would be an up huge upgrade to definitely Houston. Like he's incredible out of the backfield. Everything he does is so good. So um, yeah, that that's a fun idea, but no, no running backs. Even like people are like, Oh, don't you want the Eagles to get Derrick Henry? He, he does nothing for if my offensive line can't block. The guy needs to get blockers, to get, get the legs moving. So, um, yeah, this, this running back class really doesn't do much for me. And even the teams that could potentially be looking for a running back, say the Ravens, right, who had running back by committee and don't they have really no money. have – They don't have the money. Yeah. The Cowboys don't have the money. The yeah. Chargers don't have the money. Like teams that are theoretically close – have almost no cap space from less than 10 million to negative 25 million on the chargers. Like it's a really interesting spot 
for some of these guys. They're not going to find a market that is hospitable uh, to paying them what they think they're worth. Yeah, like and if we're playing Madden, yeah, Barkley to the Ravens is a really fun, great idea. In real life, it'd be really stupid for them. They, they've had one of the best running back groups for years with guys like the Gus bus, like yeah. Gus Edwards, they made him into a good running back. Like they don't, they're just a team that doesn't really need to do that. Um, so yeah, the, the Ravens, they're about to have to pay a bunch of guys on their defensive side. They don't have the money really be spending at the running back position. So yeah, they're, they're in a tough spot. The Ravens at that Barkley would be, if they did it, I would, that would be really fun. Him and Lamar sharing a backfield together. I, I would love that, but uh, money wise, I don't see how they make it work. By the way, maybe if the Ravens had given Gus Edwards the ball two more times, <laughs> they might have advanced in the playoffs instead of going home early and being disappointed and ruining Lamar Jackson's MVP season. And also, we would have won our Lamar Jackson over 41 and a half rushing yards in that game. Yeah, I was going to say, can you imagine if they're paying Barkley $15 million and he gets three touches in the AFC Championship game? I think people would be losing their minds. Losing their minds. We were losing our minds when Gus Edwards wasn't getting the ball <laughs> a second time and we had over 40 and a half rushing yards or whatever it was. Simon, let's talk about our sponsor. Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Whatever the grind of sports betting takes you, get your body ready with pre-prepared, dietitian approved meals delivered not to some P.O. box across the state. They're not delivered to your neighbor's house. No. Factor delivers these meals right to your door. You get over 35 different options a week to choose from, plus over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons to make weekly meal planning even more delicious. So just like we asked the Chicago Bears about trading Justin Fields, what are you waiting for? Get started with Factor today and get delicious meals ready to go. And when we say ready to go, we're talking about two minutes, folks, restaurant quality meals, ready to heat and eat where, whenever you are. And Factor is flexible. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. Plus you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. So head to factormeals.com slash favorites50 and use code favorites50 to get 50% off. That's code favorites50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off. All right. We're talking a little bit about betting draft markets here. We talked about Jaden Daniels at plus 150. Give me your take right now on betting the draft and how it's changed in recent years. Are there more markets? Are there more operators? Is stuff available earlier? Um, give me your take on how it's all changed as betting has exploded. Definitely gotten easier to bet on the draft because um, there's so many more books taking money on the draft. Uh, but usually, you know, the only thing they're going to let you bet on in December, January, February, like now, is the quarterback position. Like the first couple picks, there's a couple of quarterbacks. So they're happy to take money on that stuff because people like betting quarterbacks and it's fun. Um, you know, that year we had with Kenny Pickett and all those guys, uh, you know, Ritter, like, the books weren't taking anything on the draft, it felt like, at all until February. Um, and that was because, you know, I think Aiden Hutchinson was the guy that was really being bet to be the number one pick, and he ended up not even being the number one pick. So, um, yeah, the books just don't want a ton of exposure. Um, yeah, the draft, 
not that I think it's ever going to die out, but I always think it'll be what it is now, which is they're just not going to take a lot of bets. Like for me to get a ton of money down, I had to bet almost every day at multiple different books just to get a nice amount down on the draft. So um, that's what I'll bet now. I'll, I'll bet rumors I'm here and try to get ahead of the general public and the books without bringing too much attention to myself. Um, so, you know, that's, that's one of the harder things to do at this time of year. You just don't want the book to know that you have an edge and get caught um, in a bet. Uh, but yeah, for right now, can't really do much other than betting the quarterbacks like we talked about. So yeah, Daniels, I've taken a position on him to be the number two quarterback. Could have egg on my face in a week from now where, um, you know, Drake may test out and he looks incredible in shorts. Teams can talk themselves into that stuff. So um, that's, that's the fun thing about this draft is uh, I, I do think, you know, more and more people are going to start coming around on Daniels as we get closer to the draft. Um, Cause you know, the things I've seen from Drake may like guys, I talk to scouts in the league, they think he has a slow release and that he's got to change his release. That's a big deal. Like those kind of, I know he's working with, uh, I believe Philip rivers and a couple other guys right now who have unique styles of throwing, right. You remember how Philip rivers had that weird throw. Yeah, yeah. He had a quick ass release though. Like it was just an elongated. It took him a long time to get there. But once he got his arm up, it was a quick release. That's why they never made him change it. No way in the NFL would they, a team ever allow another Phillip Rivers. No one would ever let someone throw the ball the way he threw it, that style. It, it's all become very robotic. So, um, yeah, if he works with the guy this offseason, they fix it before his uh, pro day or him throwing the combine this week, he could easily lock him in to be the number two thing. But um, the Washington – I think I think the, they might they there's a path for them falling in love with Daniels and that's why we've seen this number come down so much Chad so um yeah this this draft is really fun just because we do have so many quarterbacks to talk about like you even like the JJ McCarthy thing he's a huge sleeper that the Patriots could take him at number 3 and um I wouldn't all be that shocked just because people do love him he just doesn't have that many throws on tape so that's what makes these drafts so fun is when we have quarterback drafts like this, like the worst drafts ever, or when we're talking about Aiden Hutchinson for two months, Chad. So um, I love this. I love breaking down film, especially a class like this, where you got guys who have played, you know, 50 games in college, which is very rare nowadays. It's, it's just been really fun breaking all these guys down. How do we manage for the next couple of weeks until free agency comes between now and then what should we be doing right now? What should people listening be doing right now to take advantage? Are we betting rumors? Is it small <laughs> tastes? How do we manage these next two weeks? You can, like I said, combine is when we really start getting ramped up here. Um, me personally, I will do all the same things you guys can all do, which is listen to all the different podcasts, listen to all the draft people you do trust, break things down. Um, you know, I, ESPN, I'm not here to badmouth him. I like Mel. I really like Todd McShay. And Todd's moved on. I believe he's doing stuff now with Ryan Rossillo. Um, that's a guy who I'm going to be loyal to, and I'll probably move with him. Now, I will keep listening to Todd McShay because I do trust Todd McShay's contacts. I think people in media, he is really good at what he does. So uh, that's something to be wary of. Of There are some people who are just storytellers, and they're just having fun in media talking about the draft. And there's other guys who really do put in the legwork make the calls and they're finding out what these teams are going to do. Um, that is a big advantage. So yeah, for everyone, I just say be a sponge. And if you're addicted to the stuff, like I love the draft and all the numbers and stuff, just soak it all in. And then at the end of the day, 
you are forming your own opinion, right? I'm not always going to be right. I was way wrong on my opinion on Bryce Young. I, I just never saw him being the first pick overall. That was just me having a different view of the clearly the owner of the Carolina Panthers. So um, that's something to always be wary of, of uh, just because you think Drake May is by far the best quarter, is a better quarterback than Daniels doesn't mean the Washington, and a lot of other scouts like myself are going to agree with that. So um, that is something where you can't just be so defined in your own opinion. Um, something I regret from last year, I wish I wasn't so dug in on my Bryce Young opinion. I should have been more flexible. So um, this year I, I do love Daniels, but it's not so much. I, 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 I'm indifferent. If they take May, great. If they take Daniels, I, I don't think Washington can make a wrong decision here, but in five years from now, we'll judge them as if they did make a wrong decision. That's, that's the tough part. So when we were at the Super Bowl, there was a dinner one night. Uh, it was like, I don't know, 150 people. And it was a very, it was a small room. Like it was an intimate thing. Uh, and uh, David Tepper happened to be there. And, um, I, you know, I was within the, the way the crowd was set up. You could easily go up to anybody, talk to anybody at any time. It was a lot of floating and like, my table happened to be one table over from his. <laughs> and I, all I want to do is say, Bryce Young, really? That's <laughs> that's what you're staking your franchise on? I, I didn't do it. I, it didn't feel like the time. <laughs> now Especially with time. a psycho like that, he would have probably grabbed you by the neck at the, in front of everyone. The guys it, it, Exactly. I didn't want to make a scene. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. I, I, Simon, I was just happy to be there. I didn't want to be the guy <laughs> getting kicked out and not getting invited again. Uh, as a reminder, for the second time, you can catch every episode of The Favorites live on YouTube. For those enjoying on YouTube, don't forget to give us a like and subscribe to the Action Network YouTube page. The Favorites podcast is presented by Bet365. Bet365 is now live in Indiana and Arizona. And Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. That's why you get more boost with them than with anyone else. Every day, they power up the odds on hundreds of bets to give you a chance to win more. Bet365 boosts specific markets, your winnings, and even parlays. And they don't stop there. Keep an eye out for their biggest and best odds with the incredible Super Boosts. Check out the boost and see why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 21 or older and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia. Or 18 and older in Kentucky. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms, conditions, restrictions apply. Catch our next episode of The Favorites live on the Action Network YouTube page Tuesday, 1.45 p.m. Eastern. Download us from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your pods. Rate, review, subscribe, leave us five stars. Say whatever you want. Feedback is a gift. Until Tuesday, 1.45 p.m. Eastern. Love you. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.